Good morning. Today is Monday, January 22nd. I am your host, Dina Joe, coming to you live from the DJ Puddles studio, located in Raleigh City, Colorful, Colorado. Welcome to the program. I'm so grateful to have you with us today. If you're um, listening to this later on in the download, thank you. I appreciate your, your valuable time. Hit the all button. You can join us next time. I'm here with Monday. I hope you guys are having a good morning. Be safe, fam. Things are getting snow. They said later on, but who knows? We're probably having right now. Well, hi. <laughs> Hi, Dee Dee. How are you? Hope you had a good weekend. Gosh, everything, um, when the show went out at the last minute, thank God it was the last minute uh, on Friday. It was like, what in the world? Um, and when I left to take Aaron, um, there was a Comcast guy that was at the corner. But the guy told me when he came, you know, oh, we're going in a row. Um, you know, your service at all. So I don't know. I hope, I hope it's fixed. We'll see. It says the connection is poor. <laughs> and I'm right next to the modem. So oh, now it's excellent. It just keeps going up and down. So maybe it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe he was fixing something else and the guy hasn't, I don't know. Because it's it just keeps going poor, excellent, poor, excellent. And I'm not moving or anything. Ay, ay, ay. All right, well, thank you all for your continued love, like, shares, and downloads. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, today, we're doing um, trending, of course. Um, the music segment I'm going to do, um, there's a, a stacker uh, compiled list of the top 50 rock albums of the 70s. So um, I try to understand how they came up with their numbers, but... I just said, whatever, we'll just play, play them. We'll start with um, 50 and go down today. Well, I'm not going to get up through all of them today, but we'll get through some of them today. So we'll, that's what we'll do that. So currently um, in Denver, it's 35 and mostly cloudy. We're having um, probably cloudy skies and 48. So it's warm, um, no wind, so we're warmer than it has been. Um, for my Welland family um, in Welland, Ontario, 26, cloudy, feels like 9. It says light snow showers will pass through during the day with a high of 32. Um, and then it says light snow showers and then ice too. And then, oh, and BP, you're getting an ice storm, I guess, Tuesday, January 23rd. Um, this is around 1 a.m. to about 12 p.m. Eastern Time, freezing rain expected, total ice accumulations up to one-tenth of an inch. That's kind of crazy. I'm not gonna, I'm not totally looking forward um, to, uh, oh, let me finish your weather. It says it's 12, mostly sunny, and you'll have a high of 34. <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to the ice storms that have been, <clears throat> excuse me, I know in the South too, um, cause I was talking to my daughter-in-law and, um, she said, God, what was, I can't remember 
It was in the 80s, 1980-something was the last time they've seen an ice storm. And when they have the ice storms, everything shuts down. I don't know if that's how it is for you all, but, um, you know, they work from home now, of course. Um, but everything shuts down because it's just ice. So how do they get, you know, how do you get rid of that? Just wait for it to warm up and melt? I mean, or do they have big ice trucks with stuff on the tires and putting out sand or something. I don't know. I've never had to deal with that before. But she says it's crazy, you know, that all everything was shut down. So um, she, this doesn't happen, happen that often, but it happens often enough to where there's um, permanent signs on the side of the road. That it, I, I'm sure it doesn't happen as bad as it has happened this past week, but it does happen. Um, so, yeah, not looking forward to it. Anyway, so Arizona weather for um, my beautiful friends out there in Tucson. 49, partly cloudy, scattered light. Rain showers are expected. A high of 58. Um, and your rain, it says it starts around 5-ish. And so you guys are warming up. I have ice melt that works up to minus 20 degrees. Oh, <clears throat> that's some good... That's some good stuff. I put that stuff on everything when <laughs> it's icy. Put that ice melt on. Phoenix, 49, mostly cloudy. Um, watch for scattered rain showers. The high will be 61. Beginning, oh, oh you're going to have rain too. On your right home, you're going to get some rain. But at least it's rain and not ice. Excuse me, I gotta take a drink of coffee. Um, and, um, Today I'm drinking the yummy coffee that I got from Bam Bam and family from, um, gosh, now I can't think of the uh, Horton, um, Horton do. Is it Tim Horton? Tim Horton, yeah, because the, the box of Tim Bites by Tim Horton. It's, it's good. Thank you. All right, so Mike, um, I think he snowed in, um, 20 and sunny. Um, there will be mostly sunny skies and a high of 34. He sent me a picture of Lane Snow last weekend. It was pretty darn funny <laughs> to see him out there. Um, all right, I want to stop this and I want to. Oh, poo. Um, here, let me go. Here we go. There is a birthday today. <laughs> if I can get the name right, <laughs> it's Ellie's birthday today. Um, so we wanted to say happy birthday to Ellie. Um, <clears throat> here you go, Ellie. Happy birthday. Mm. We say happy, you say birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Stop your hands. Now stop your feet. It's time to dance. Let's all dance with the big rat, guys. Alley. 
Monica podcast. <laughs> That wasn't the one that was supposed to play. This was the one that was supposed to play for you. that you have a great birthday. I know you will. I know you will. All right. We are going to um, move on. I, yeah, I was hoping that didn't play any music. I wanted to go on to the word of the day. Um, today's going to be the word um, hate or hatred, um, which we kind of learned to have to learn to deal with in our lives. If I hope that you don't have hate that turns into hatred. Um, hate, you know, of intense or passionate dislike for someone. Um, hatred um, is hatred is hate that you um, never let go of. You stew and fester over hate, um, and you have what's now extreme dislike or disgust for someone or something. And the quotes that I have for you are: Hatred makes you weak. Where else love makes you vulnerable, there is a difference. Um, and that is um, quotes by Sagan. Um, and I have another quote. Um, Don't worry about the haters. They are just angry because the truth you speak contradicts the lie that they live. Um, and let me read a little bit about this and then I'll go get into something that I heard. Um, are you full of hate or hatred? It starts with anger jealousy or insecurity has been described as the most destructive phenomenon in human history. Hate or hatred. The distraction from the hate or not dealing with their inner pain um, or whatever's going on in their life. And you are not born with hate in your heart. It is an emotion pure over time. Hatred tends to emerge as a learned emotion that flourishes in the absence of compassion and forgiveness. People might begin to hate another person when they are envious or want what the other person has, have contempt or, um, for another person, and believe they are inferior. Um, learn hatred from parents, um, their friends, or social groups. They feel humiliated or mistreated by another person. Um, they feel humiliated or mistreated by another person. If you leave your hate unchecked, it will intensify from intolerance to um, pure hatred. Hate um, eliminates the ability to show empathy, concern for the injustice done to another. Hate numbs the guilt and shame that you should feel for your shitty behavior. Most importantly, it eliminates your ability to understand why you feel hatred and how to eliminate it by learning to understand why you feel hate in the first place. It is shown in many ways, depending on your personality. Many people uh, just feel hatred towards someone by verbally calling them names, insulting um, them to others, or making disparaging remarks about them. They also show too loud so i was gonna turn it down but now it's too low can't win there there we go 
They also show aggressiveness, anger, disgust, or retaliation against that person. One of the reasons why hatred is most destructive phenomenon in human history is the fact that the hater likes to enlist recruits into his army of hate. People who hate think, feel, and behave from an in-group versus an out-group mentality. These newly enlisted recruits themselves have no issue with the hated, but the hater is like a child who cannot control their anger and disappointment and gets others involved just to feel better about their decision to hate. This in turn will make the initial feeling of hatred even more intense and long lasting. When a person chooses, yes, it is a choice to hate you. They see you doing something that they want to do, but cannot on their own. They may try to stop you, slow you down by trying to get others to be against you. This is because watching you succeed on your own without the leeching off of others makes them feel inferior, insecure, and unworthy. They feel they therefore criticize you, gossip about you, ridicule you, laugh at you, anything to try to hinder your progress. Remember how I said on Friday about self-centered or narcissistic people, how they want to compete? Well, when the hater decides to start involving recruits to their hate group, anyone who does not belong is a threat. It has been like this for thousands of years. Hatred breeds hate. When you're letting other people harbor the hate you have, you and only you have decided to create an endless cycle of hate. There is a Native American, <clears throat> oh, wait a minute, excuse me. Um, I just lost track of what I, ah! there is a Native American answer that says, a grandfather talking to his young grandson tells the boy he has two wolves inside him. <clears throat> struggling with each other. The first wolf is peace, love, and kindness. The other wolf is fear, greed, and hatred. Which wolf will win, grandfather? asks the young boy. Which one? And the father replies, the grandfather replies, the one in which you feed. So, I mean, that I thought was says it all the more you hold on to um hatred the more likely it will end up burning you and the more you feed it the stronger it will become this article that i was reading excuse me um it was talking about um hatred and if you take each letter of the word hate instead of it meaning um hate uh <clears throat> It could see the H will stand for healing, the A stands for aggressive, the T stands for thoughts, and the E stands for emotionally. So healing, aggressive, thoughts, emotionally, instead of, <clears throat> you know, what hate usually stands for. Consider the following steps. First, learning meditation is a first great step. Um, I... Um, if you listen to my story that I uh, just did on Squats and Thoughts um, segment, um, I told you that I started doing, going to a therapist. Um, actually, today's my second day that I'll be seeing him. And he's, you know, I've known about meditation and I know about the breathing in and out and stuff, but I've never really um, 
looked into it, never really sat down and took the time because I thought I was too busy to do it. Um, and uh, so I started doing it. That was my homework to do. And it's it's pretty crazy how it really does affect you. So um, learn some meditation. It is a first great step in dealing with hate if you want to say something or do something that has hate in it stop for a moment and try to breathe um, instead of um, acting out those uh thoughts welcome uh, megan um megan good to have you um and welcome i w u z r p m f welcome <clears throat> So, um, meditation, when you feel hatred thoughts, stop, take a deep breath, let it out very slowly and repeat. I'm consciously choosing to challenge your irrational, hateful thoughts. People don't want to do that. They would rather sit in their hateful thoughts. You know what I mean? Instead of, um, taking the time to try to fight against it, you know, and to try to not get people to just, I want to surround myself with true friends that if they know when I'm venting, but they can challenge me and say, yeah, but you know, maybe this, you know, they understand that. So, um, let's see, look inwardly as to why you, and you're not letting go of something that's causing you to, um, hate. So I wanted to play this. It's only a little over three minutes, but it's really good. We turned it down. What do you do about the, about the negative guy that's trying to bring you down? Ignore and outwork, outperform every last one of them while you're over there watching me and talking about me i'm working i'm working hard i'm taking things to the next level you keep gossiping and i'll keep working you, keep you know what megan i have a 30 year old working. son and he has autism and that's something we learn i feel you That's when you're a grown-up. When you get rid of all the drama in your life, you're a grown-up. Thank you for the life. Thank you. 
down real low he's i don't yeah and then it ends um i i was playing that because of hate because he's talking about the haters and stuff and not bringing you down and bringing you stopping you from moving forward um so i went into a podcast yesterday just I don't know. I went in, I was looking for something. I was clearing my data and I saw that this guy was live and um, he's uh, pretty new on Podbean. Um, gosh, I know I'm going to get his name wrong now. Um, I know I've seen him on Pod um, B, P, BP's podcast, um, Podbean Podcast Nation on fi- Facebook. I think it's Dane Gentry. Um, but uh, from what I understand, he has a good show from what I've heard. And of course, the haters. I don't know who they were, what happened. I have no idea, but he was feeling kind of discouraged, you know, and he was just went on there and was like, I'm, he was feeling discouraged and didn't know, uh, if he was going to keep going. And then he's like, yeah, I am. I'm just venting, you know, I needed to get it out because I'm so discouraged that I'm just on here trying to do the right thing. And this happened or that happened or whatever. So I don't know exactly what happened, but, um, it's just the fact that these people seem to think, it's okay, you know, to bring other people down because of stuff in their life that they haven't dealt with. And it just, it's irritating. You know, it's happened to me on here. It continues to happen to me on here. Um, it happens in the background and you know what? It's just like, I keep thinking, Hmm, when's this going to stop? But, um, I don't know. I don't know if someday it will. Um, anyway, I try to support people. And if you see something that's happening that's crappy, um, try to stop it if you know that it's the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Don't let the hate continue. Um, You've got this. I believe in you. So anyway, um, we are going to move on to some jokes. A couple jokes for you. So how many ears does Captain Kirk have? Hmm. 
Isn't it better? Um, our doctors feel miserable. They will say miserable until others. Yeah, you know, Mike, it's true. That's what I was seeing. It's like they kind of they know they know who to recruit. They recruit the other miserable people because they know that they won't put them in their place and say, you know what, you're being a miserable a-hole you need to knock it off you know and um people don't like to hear that <laughs> so but a true friend will tell you if you're being a miserable a-hole and um to knock it off anyway back to captain kirk's ears he has three a left ear a right ear and the fine final frontier <laughs> get it <laughs> jokes <laughs> okay here's another one <laughs> what do you call a man with a seagull on his head <laughs> clef <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right all right i was already talking about bp's pod being podcast nation on facebook become part of the family check him out <clears throat> and um, I wanted to, uh, hopefully it's still here. Let's see. Uh, um, here it is. This girl, um, she needs, I think she needs some help, honestly. Um, L King, um, she has, uh, I wish she had some friends around her that would tell her to get some help. Um, I'll tell you one thing more. This is her, Dolly Parton. Tribute. At the Grand Ole Opry. And maybe should have gone home. She was part of a Dolly Parton tribute on Friday night at the Grand Ole Opry. And yeah, she got into the sauce a little bit beforehand to celebrate in Dolly's honor, who is not in attendance, for better or for worse. Of course, we think. She's like, what the heck did she just say? Apparently there was some cursing as well from both L and the audience as someone started to heckle L and demanded the refund. You ain't getting your money back. When an attendee complained on Twitter on Saturday, the operator replied, we deeply regret and apologize for the language that was used during last night's second opera performance. And in the carousel of pics from the Dolly Tribute Night on the Opry's Instagram, Elle did not make the cut. Elle, let's give him one of yours. How about that? I don't know. Go ahead. Why don't you give me this shit? Let me see. Let me see. If I, I'll tell you one thing. I can barely play another person's song. Let me see if I can play one of mine. That wasn't all terrible. She's a great singer. She's a great singer, but she just. Dolly's classic, and at least for those 35 seconds, she's pretty coherent. Yeah, she sounds pretty good. Elle hasn't posted anything about the performance yet, but she did tell the San Diego Union Tribune in 2021, I really like to drink and sing. I get nervous before I go on stage, so I have a couple drinks first. Drinking makes me less nervous about hitting the notes when I sing. If I don't make them, it won't sting as much. Does Elle realize that drinking alcohol beforehand is going to make it more difficult to hit those notes when she does go out on stage? I mean, I think it was more than a couple drinks on Friday nights. And look, I mean, Elle, you got to be professional. I mean, yeah, people are paying 
money to come see a show. At least well, I had just let show. him talk, but um, so yeah, save the booze draft after the performance. Yeah, what do you think? She is a great singer, and I would just hate to see her end up like Amy Winehouse. You know what I mean? Um, because even the uh, the New Year's Eve, I, I ended up, I watched the country New Year's Eve one that she was on. And um, it was the same thing. She was just really out of it. And to be, I mean, completely, she was pretty darn drunk. And um, now, and I was kind and Lewis was like, dang, this girl, she's really, and I'm, I was getting, I was like, oh, you know, it's New Year's, blah, blah, blah. And then now this one, after watching the Elvis movie and seeing him get kicked out because he was, well, he was drunk and high and throwing stuff around. Um, but, you know, they have a motto at the Grand Ole Opry. You're not supposed to cuss and do all that kind of stuff on stage. That's not supposed to happen. Um, and he was banned from there. And other people have been banned for stuff like that for a long time. So I don't know. I just hope that she gets some help because, like I said, I think she's a great singer. I think she's talented. She just has... She has some demons that she needs to deal with. Um, and it's just sad. Anyway, um, dang it. See, it says my connection's poor. I hope you can hear me. Um, all right, Girl Scout cookies. I don't know if you've seen them yet. I haven't, but then I haven't been to the grocery store in like, well, I went, I ran into Walmart and I didn't see them at Walmart, but I have not, I haven't seen them yet. Anyway, um, grocery, uh, grocery, um, Girl Scout cookies are back. Um, and, um, they're smaller and more expensive than ever. I just remember some, I don't know who sells them at Lewis's work and he ends up bringing them home and every year and he brought some home last year and they just seemed so small compared to before. Not that they were huge, but they were, you know, a good little cookie sized. Now they seem so small. So, um, it says that where are the prices? Um, it's four to five dollars. No, that was in 2015. Prices increase may not come as a surprise to anyone. Um, like the Girl Scouts of Western New York made the move from six to six dollars in 2023. Um, I guess some boxes, um, the regular ones, then men's taglons and smoes were five dollars. So nationally, the prices can range anywhere from $4 to $7. New prices will take effect January 9th. So they should be, they should be out already, the girls. Maybe they're and reflect online um, with those sales beginning on February 16th. Um, and I thought they said that some, some of them were more expensive than others. Like the, don't they have a gluten-free one or something? Some weird gluten-free one. Um, oh, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's your Girl Scout. And I had no idea. I'm like, oh, because um, in the same thing, it was talking about how the Girl Scouts didn't sell cookies during World War II. What, what, what do you think they stole and sold instead? And they were talking about um, how during World War II, the supplies um, were going short. And so they decided to do 
a calendar, the 1944 Girl Scout calendar, the first of its kind, featured staged photos of Girl Scout troops alongside the Girl Scout laws, according to a representative for the organization. The 1944-1945 versions also stressed the need for patriotism and good citizenship. Damn, we need to have that right. They need to sell those again. <laughs> they need to, people need to learn that. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the National uh, World War II Museum noted on its official uh, website, yeah, that stressed the need for patriotism and good citizenship. Um, let's see. And in between this article, it then it has in the right now. Okay, right after what I just read, it says dirt weed. What is it, and why do marijuana advocates say it's so dangerous? In the same paragraph it's just highlighted that has nothing to do with girl scout cookies um oh my gosh and so then it says at 25 cents a piece around four dollars and 30 25 cents a piece that's how much the calendars were um they became a major source of funding for the continued activities for the troops um during that time so girl scouts and i had no idea the girl scouts started let's see well, this picture says 1910. Hi, beautiful. Oh, they're not here anymore. Um, 1910, Girl Scouts, how it began. The Girl Scouts cookies were originally home-baked by girls members with their moms volunteering as technical advisors. Um, the sale of cookies to finance troops activities began as early as 1917, um, five years after Juliet Gordon Lowe started Girl Scouts in the United States. The mistletoe troop in Mashagee, Muskogee, 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 Oklahoma, um, baked cookies and sold them in its high school cafeteria as a service project so they could earn their little badges. Um, I don't know what they do anymore now, but I was a Girl Scout, a brownie, and then a Girl Scout. But yeah, I hope he doesn't bring any home this year. I don't want any. Well, you can sell a lot of Girl Scout cookies to people who are on. That's what they did. Well, that, that, that was part of the article about how, oh, they, they how the Girl Scouts, because I remember it was out here in Colorado. Um, shoot, does it say when it happened that they were selling, um, one of the girls went outside one of the um, pot stores and was selling um, cookies and she was got a hard time because well her and her parents got had were had a, were given a hard time because they were outside of a pot shop um hi jojo jen welcome so yeah it was out here um now i'm trying to think of the um the sitcom the last man standing has anybody ever seen that show last man standing with um tim uh Tim the Toolman, Tim, Tim, that guy. Um, I love that show, Last Man. I know, Thin Mints in the Freezer. Last Man Standing, if you've never seen it, it is funny as hell. Thank you, BP, Tim Allen. I love that show. It comes on my Roku TV in the afternoon, and I love it. I never watched it when it was on, but I watch it all the time. And he actually, um, it's part, if you don't, if you've never watched it before, um, Shoot, I wish I could remember the um, the sports, uh, big sporting um, sh 
store that he he is like manager of or whatever but anyway his father ends up buying bud's bud's pot shop or something and his dad owns a pot shop and he doesn't like that his dad owns a pot shop and um they, they part of the show one of these shows is the girls sitting outside of the pot shop selling girl scout cookies so yeah it happened out here it's funny um i, I, I don't know if they still do or if they're allowed to do it anymore but um I don't know people that go to pot shops need to eat cookies too so i don't know i don't know what the girl scout laws are but anyway you're going to have smaller cookies more expensive ones this year my, my favorite ones are the Samo the samoans the coconut chocolate ones i love those those are my those are my favorite i love those and you know like bp said of course um the thin mints in the freezer i think that's the only way um to eat them is to have them in the freezer they're so good um do any of you guys i don't know if you do or if, you, if you've ever been to a bojangles bojangles food chain i've heard of them before um it, it says that they're in the south north carolina south carolina georgia um they're going to be opening up 270 new locations. 15 um, are planned in Ohio. Um, and then they said, it looks really yummy. So 15 in Ohio. And then it said like, it sounded like, um, oh, and in Las Vegas too. There are 20 new um, restaurants in Las Vegas. And um, this, it says, and 10 locations inside Travel Centers of America franchise locations in the Western markets. What the heck are Travel Centers of America franchise locations? To me, sounds like airports or something. Like, you know how they have a bunch of restaurants in airports and stuff? Like maybe they'll be in restaurants at certain airports. I have no idea, but they sound yummy. Um, the chicken strips look yummy. Chicken strips. I'm sorry. I'm a child. Chicken, good chicken strips. I'm not talking McDonald's chicken nuggets. I'm talking good chicken strips and some yummy French fries. Always help my tummy feel better. I love those. <laughs> some of my favorite things. Um, all right, moving on to some more food. <clears throat> oh, I don't have a whole lot of time. Um, plus I wanted to, um, remind everybody this Thursday, uh, I was talking to Bam Bam about doing a documentary on um, connecting through music and their soundtracks um, segment um, this Thursday, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, there's a documentary about Tower Records. Um, and for me, working there for four years, um, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be pretty cool. I watched it and it is really um, interesting. But there's not as much music. Well, there's hardly any music, actually. There's some in the background, but it's not anything that I was expecting it to be. Um, so we can watch it because it's extremely interesting. And I can play music from people who, um, from artists that went to Tower Records and signed. Because there was a lot of um, signing back in the day. Um, the artists would go to uh, the one on Sunset Strip in Hollywood and, and one in Washington. Yeah, Washington, I think it was. And they would do, um, you got to meet him and sign him. So I could do that. Or there's another Wayne 
Um, it's CB, CBGD, no, CB, country, blues, country. It's CBCG. I think that's what it is. Oh, I thought I wrote it on one of these papers, bam, bam. Um, and I'm wondering if you've ever heard of it before. Um, anyway, that one is another documentary that's free and it's about a club and it, and that one has a ton of music in it. So I'll talk to you later about it. So either one of those we, we can do. Um, so let's get into a couple national holidays and then I'm going to do the music. Um, Mike, you would be happy with this day because it is something about your cat, your cat thinking, your cat thinking thoughts. <laughs> what is your cat thinking? Questions your cat would be thinking. Um, let's see if it will do it, bring it up. You know, like, why do you spend so much time with other people? I don't know. Answer your cat's question day. Why do you spend so much time with people? Why do you shower? Why do you pee standing up? That's one's for you guys, not me. <laughs> why, why are those things you, what are those things you eat with? Why do you sleep in on weekends? Hmm? Answer your cat's question. You know, when they look at you and then sometimes they just slap you upside the head because <laughs> they want you to answer the questions. Now, Bam Bam's cat, holy moly, that cat would knock you out. He's got some of the most beautiful cats and they're, um, you know which ones I'm talking about, Mike. He's driving um, those big cats with those big, beautiful cats that look like they're kings and queens. They just look, they have an attitude uh, in their face. They just look at you like they could kill you. You know, they're, they're, where do they, oh, um, Maine Coon, Maine, Maine Coon, something like that. Maine Coon, Coon, Maine. <laughs> Bam, Bam, yell, he's yelling right now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that one. <laughs> See, I was right. Um, gosh, they're so beautiful, aren't they? They're like, to me, I don't know. They're like, they're like cats from the dinosaur ages because they're so big. They're huge. And then a lot of them have long hair. So that makes them look even bigger. God, they're beautiful cats. Anyway. So answer your cat's questions today. And Mike, one of these days, you're going to get yourself a kitty. I just know it. Um, all right. We're going to go. Oh, let's see what else stays there. There's some. Oh, National Blondie, Blonde Brownie Day. Um, isn't that just, it just looks like a chocolate chip cookie that's flat. At least this one does. This the picture that they show, it looks like a chocolate chip cookie that you pressed in a big, 13 by nine pan and cooked it and put it into squares. That's what this looked like. But either way, it's National Blonde Brownie Day. Um, it says that it should have rich butterscotch flavor treat. Hmm. So um, let's see. Better Business Communication Day. I know there's a couple people's names. Let's see. Oh, National Polka Dot Day. I don't know that I even own anything that has polka dots on it. I'd have to look and see. Um, National Grandpa Day. Oh, where's Grandma? Just Grandpa. National Hot Sauce Day. Um, um, National Sanctity of Human Life Day. I think that's a very important day. And I think it's a very important day that we will end with. Um, join our efforts to save innocent lives as we observe National Sanctity 
of Human Life Day. Um, yeah, beautiful. All right, we are going to get into some music. And this list was from um, a stacker that they put together, and it was the uh, top 50 rock albums of the 70s. Um, the 70s was a decade divine defined by the evolution of rock music as both a genre and cultural movement, splintering and morphing into sub-genres like punk, folk rock, heavy metal, glam rock, singer-songwriter. It was also an era that both musically and politically found its legs and defined itself. Here is the best rock albums of the 70s, according to research done um, by Stacker. And we've said this before, I don't know how many times that the 70s was just I don't know. Music was different in the 70s and 80s. was really, really, really good time. You never get sick of hearing their music. So this song, we're starting at 50 and going all the way to number one. So it'll take us a couple of days, but I'm not, I'm uh, going to do it on Mondays. We'll finish it next Monday. Um, 50, Tapestry, 1971, Carol King. Um, featuring James Taylor and Joni Mitchell in the backup vocals, Carol King's iconic Tapestry won four Grammys, more than anyone had ever received at that time. The highly influential album launched King into the spotlight as one of the singer-songwriters whose pioneer and genre brought her both into the public eye beyond her work as a um, songwriter behind hits she penned with others like will you love me tomorrow the locomotion and you make me feel like a natural woman and this one you've got a friend here is carol king with you've got a friend yep i would even yeah i put the 90s in there too you agree i agree with you bp going down Everything before the 90s. And nothing, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me. And soon I will be there. Bright enough, even your darkest night. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you have to do is call, and I'll be there. You've got a friend. Above you, rose dark 
In tapestry, I've been certified 14 times platinum by the Record Industry Association of America in the United States and has sold an estimated 30 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best selling albums of all time. That this is You've Got a Friend, Carol King, off the album Tapestry, number 50 on Stacker's list of 50 greatest 70s albums, 1971. All right. So the next song, um, they'll have a number 49. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. The next album is The Stranger by Billy Joel. Billy Joel recorded The Stranger while in danger of being dropped by Columbia Records. He originally planned to team up with Beatles producer George Martin, um, but changed his mind when Martin pressured him to use um, a studio band rather than his road band and hired Phil Ramone for the job instead. This proved to be a fateful decision as the album is widely considered to be Joel's best. So here is Billy Joel with Moving On, Anthony's song from the album, The Stranger. Anthony works in the grocery store, saving the plans for my man. Family holding the note on the door. She said, Sonny, move out to the country. Oh, working too hard to give you a heart attack. You want to know by now. You need a house out of Hackensack. Is that all you get to your money? Yeah, this is just stacker, EP. You got to put that in perspective. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm moving out. I'm moving out. Because, yeah, that's their list. Um. Um, this would go uh, reaching, spending six weeks at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 with four songs released in the U.S., all of which became top 40 hits. It charted number two in the U.S. and number two in Canada. So that's this their, their list. <laughs> And seems such a waste of time. If that's what's all about, I'm a that's what's moving on. Moving out. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, BP. That is the stranger. 1977, Billy Joel, and this is moving. Well, this is moving out from the strangers, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, number two, it was in Canada, in the U.S. So I don't know. I couldn't understand how they came with their with their numbers and their list. They said that they put this list together and this list together and came up with this list. Even when I'm looking at, um, you know, the Billboard music um, list of the week, uh, that I want to uh, do on Wednesdays, you know, the top five, there's like 
20 different lists on the billboard list. And it's like, I remember back in the olden days when I used to walk to school, anyway, there was maybe, I don't know, three lists, four lists. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, um, next um, album of the 70s is Fragile by Yes. Um, keyboardist Rick Wakeman was hired to replace one of Yes's co-founders, Tony Kay, shortly before the group's um, recorded Fragile. According to Wakeman, he asked to join David Bowie's newly formed band Spiders from Mars. That very same day, he was invited to be a member of Yes. He decided to go with Yes because he felt he would have more creative freedom and input there. Fragile became one of the semi-albums of progressive rock ushering in the genre alongside um, contributions from King Crimson and others. Here is um, Yes with the song Roundabout off the album Fragile, 1971. Yeah. Oh, I love Casey Kasem stuff. If they still have it's still on. I love that. What did he, reaching for the stars? What did Casey Kasem say? Something about reaching for the stars. I'm gonna look it up right now. I bet you beat people beat me to it. <laughs> Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> I'll be around about the woods that make you out and out. Just in the day Driving through the sun and even on the fire. Beep, beep. Around the lake, 
Mama's come out of the snow stand up. This album we reached number four on the US Billboard top LP charts. So see, they have it at what number 48? Number four on the Billboard chart and number seven on the UK album chart. Um, it charted number four in the US and number six in Canada. So you see all these different charts. It was up there. It's a great album. This is Roundabout off the Yes by Yes off of the album Fragile in 1971. All right. That's a good album. Um, the next album we have in the um, same year, 1971, is the Beatles album, Let It Be. Let It Be was the Beatles' final album before the band broke up um, in 1970. Though it um, includes hits like Across the Universe, Get Back, and The Long and Winding Road, the um, title track, many critics as well as Paul McCartney, disliked producer Phil Spector's additions to the album. Um, the making of the album, which is chronicled into two documentaries, was plagued with ill feelings um, with George Harrison leaving the group and eventually rejoined and signed um, the, at the end, si signaled the end of the band. Here is the Beatles with Get Back Off the Album, Let It Be, um, from 1971. Sweet Loretta fine. She thought she was a cleaner. Don't you, Rosa Fry? Yes. Give me the judge. The picture. Picture the singer's good. Okay. Jojo was a man who thought he was a loner, but he really knew the best. Jojo left his home in Tucson, Arizona, for the California grass. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, Jojo. The album Let It Be topped record charts in several countries, including both the UK and the US, but was a critical failure at the time and became regarded as one of the most controversial rock albums in history. Um, it then charted in 1971. We're charted in the US at number one and Canada at number one. Not like the stagger one at number 50, 40, 50, 47 or something like that. I don't know. This is Get Back, The Beatles, off the album, Let It Be. Get back, Loretta. 
All right, we're going to move on to the next song, album, I should say. Um, and this one is The Ramones by The Ramones. And um, The Ramones' self-titled album was recorded at Radio City Music Hall over the course of one week for under $7,000. Um, considered the first real punk album, the new and unfamiliar sound was not at first a commercial success, selling only 6,000 copies in the year following its release. There was critically acclaimed from the first start, however, and went on to influence bands such as the Sex Pistols and The Clash. So here is the Ramones with Beat on the Brat off the album, the Ramones, 1976. Beat on the Brat. Beat on the Brat. Beat on the Brat. Beat on the Brat with the baseball bat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh. record and it has since received many accolades such as top spot on spin magazine's list of the 50 most essential punk rock albums so see i don't know it charted 111 in the u.s it didn't chart in anywhere else not canada or the uk this is the ramones album by the ramones beat on the brat 1976 I used to love the Ramones, so I like that song. It brings back good memories. Um, all right, the next album we have um, from the 70s is The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. And, man, I was trying to get into this album. <laughs> I was trying to get into this album. And I just, because I like Genesis, but I this one was kind of different. All right, so The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. Um, the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway was uh, Peter Gabriel's final album with Genesis and has been re referred to as the Ulysses of Concept Albums. The album tells the story of Puerto Rican kid named Raul who embarks on a journey to New York City. The creation of The Lamb mostly took place on the famed English recording studios, Headley Grage. Um, relations among the bandmates became strained when Gabriel seized control 
of the lyric writing and left continuously to work on screenwriting project The Exorcist direct, um, with the Exorcist director William Fredkin and as well took his um, infant daughter and his wife. So um, I don't know. Here it is. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Here is Genesis with this um, the song The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway from the album of the same name. Here it is. Hi, Elfie. Welcome. right <laughs> it sounds um it sounds very uh it doesn't sound to me at all like genesis it sounds more like uh, a pink floyd um or who album you know where they had the stories too you're very welcome Yeah, it said it peaked at number 10 on the UK album charts, um, number 41 on the Billboard um, Hot 200 in the US. Um, it is their longest album to date, and it is because it's all, like I said, it's kind of that Pink Floyd Who um, story being told, which I don't remember Genesis ever being like that. I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. So this is the song Lamb Lies Down on Broadway off the album of the same name by Genesis 1974. Um, yeah, again, charted 41 in the U.S., 15 in Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to oh, no, go back. Where did you go? All right, we're going to turn you off and we're going to move on to, um, here's another one, um, Neil Young. Now, um, this one, um, on the album is On the Beach um, by Neil Young, 1973. One of Neil Young's darkest albums, On the Beach, came shortly after his hugely successful album, Harvest. The record dealt with feelings of isolation and anger on both um, the state of the world, um, the endlessness of the Vietnam War at the time, and especially as well as his own experiences with fame and the death of his friend. The album defined genre categorization existing somewhere between country and rock. Um, Young recorded the album with the rhythm section from the band and Rusty Crenshaw of the country band Rusty and Doug. Here is Neil Young with the song Walk On from the album On the Beach. This one didn't sound as dark to me. It sounded like a happy little song. Hey, 
doesn't sound it sounds like neil young but it doesn't sound like the normal it has a little bit more of an upbeat tempo compared to his normal stuff on the beach was inspired by his feelings of retreat isolation um alienation and melancholy in response to his success so um yeah this is walk on the song off the album on the beach 1973 neil young All right, we're going to move on to the next um, album of the 70s. And it's, um, I like this one, Benny and the, well, I'm sorry. This, this song I'm going to play is Benny and the Jets. The album is Yellow Brick Road by Elton John, 1973. Elton and his lyricist um, collaborator, um, Bernie Taubin, created Yellow um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road between Kingston, Jamaica, and Chateau de Rolleville, something like that, an 18th century um, French chateau-turned-recording studio where John made Don't Shoot Me, I'm on the... Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, and Honky Chateau. They recorded 21 songs in just 12 days, and the album would go on to be regarded as John's masterpiece and best-selling album. It included songs like Benny and the Jets, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Candle in the Wind, as well as the explosive title track, Yellow Brick Road. Um, we are going to play Benny and the Jets. Here is Elton John. I know, right? But yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. It did chart um, number one in the U.S. and number one in Canada. So yeah, their chart's crazy. hits from it. Oh, the 
is so spaced out. Ba 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 Betty and the Giants. Oh, it's so weird and wonderful. That Betty, she really came. She got a leather boots, a monosuit, and got a red and a magazine. I know you're all singing with me. Oh, good song, Benny and the Jets. Elton John off the album Yellow Brick Road, 1973. It charted number one in the U.S., number one in Canada. Oh, about this stacker list, but we're playing good music anyway. <laughs> Elton wrote um, the music to this song as a homage to glam rock, a style defined by the outrageous costumes that were popularized in the 70s, especially in the UK. Elton John, Benny and the Jets. All right, we're going to move on. Yeah, because this next one is good, but I would think some of the ones prior to it would be before it <laughs> besides this one but okay let's move on they're saying this one is before it is um the album fun house by the stooges um the stooges second album fun house took their sound to new levels of roughness um in part due to producer um don glouchy's choice to record the album as if it were performed live this marked a departure from their first album, which used the Velvet Underground John Cale as the producer for a crisper sound. The band set up in an electronic electric records Los Angeles studio as if they were on stage with front man Iggy Pop doing his performance in his usual active erratic style, giving the proto-punk band their influential um raw sound so here is the stooges with the song down on the street from the album fun house it's a good song though <laughs> i know right baby hi stories ready welcome
I never actually really got into Iggy Pop that much. I like some of the Velvet Underground. looks I'm sorry he shouldn't judge people by the way he looks but he looks a little slimy like a like he'd be slimy like if you touched him he'd be all slimy <laughs> I don't know um that is down on the street by the Stooges it didn't chart at all um in the U.S. or Canada at least on um when I looked onto Billboard um the album Funhouse 1970. <laughs> all right we're gonna oh we're gonna try to stop it let's see if it'll stop there we go all right so the next album we have is cosmos factory um by credence clearwater revival um let's see cosmos factory was named for the industrial practice space in um san francisco where credence clearwater revival reversed rehearsed hi yi yi the iconic album cover which shows the bandmates lounging with various props in stew cook perched on his bike was shot by um lead singer john Fogarty's brother bob in the infamous uh rehearsal space cosmos factory was uh blended rockabilly country and r&b sounds so here is ccr with the song traveling band <laughs> And this album spent nine consecutive weeks in um, number one position. See, number one um, on the Billboard 200 chart and was certified four times platinum by the Record Industry Association of America in 1990 rolling stones ranked it number 413 of its 2020 list of 500 greatest albums of all time that's the album cosmos factory credence clear otter revival the song we're playing is traveling band all right we're gonna move on from credence 
to um <laughs> what is jays um things will do that all right the next one i have is um bruce springsteen and i just remembered him being really big when i worked at tower records and i just can't, I don't know there's something about him that bothers me, and I don't know what it is. But this album is Darkness on the Edge of Town. Um, he is also in um, that Tower Records uh, documentary, um, which was interesting. Um, he's in it, um, Elton John, um, and um, that they used to go there like a ritual. That was their thing to go to the record store and hang out and um listen to music and see all the new albums and stuff like that. And that's why it was so great working there. Oh, I don't know. All right. So anyway, back to Bruce Springsteen. Doctors on the Edge of the Town was Bruce Springsteen's follow up to his enormous success, Born to Run album. But the two could not have been a more differently tonally. The former project was a bit bleaker album and the counterpoint to the freedom and optimism of Born to Run and is said to have been impacted by a lawsuit in which Springsteen was embroiled with his former manager. According to a documentary about the making of the album, um, Springsteen also wanted to create something that responded to massive amounts of fame and glory um, that came from his first album, Fame, which was reportedly embarrassing to him. So here's Bruce Springsteen with the song Badlands off the album Dark on the Edge of Town. Darkness, I should say. I think maybe that's what it was. Maybe back in those days when he was really like everybody loved him and he was at the top, I was just kind of like, why? <laughs> I don't know. And I was kind of more into punkish stuff back then so i don't know i liked seeing him on this documentary though Oh, me too. 100%. I like John Cougar Mellencamp. Darkness on the Edge of Town has appeared on numerous best of all lists. It was ranked at number 150 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Excuse me, of all time. Um, Badlands off the album Darkness on the Edge of Town, 1978, Bruce Springsteen. All right, so the next um, couple, let's see, a couple of them that I have here. Um, 
uh, L.A. Woman is the album by The Doors. The Doors frontman Jim Morrison um, died in Paris only weeks after the release of L.A. Woman, marking the last album made by the original band. Leading up to the album's completion, Morrison had been arrested for indecent exposure while performing, um, leading to um, his being sentenced to several months in prison, though he died before serving the sentence. Um, Praised by the critics as The Doors' last great album, L.A. Woman included classic hits like Love Her Madly, Riders in the Storm, The Wasp, and Earl explored the transition from the optimism of the 60s to the uncertainty of the 70s. Here is um, the song Love Her Madly by The Doors off the album L.A. Woman. Madly was released as a single in 1971, preceding the album's release and reached um, the top 20 in the Billboard Hot 100. Upon release, the album peaked at number nine on the Billboard 200. That's The Doors, Lover Madly, off the album, LA Woman, 1971. It would rate um, chart on the Billboards at number nine in the U.S. and number 11 in Canada. Stacker's got it crazy, especially because this next woman, I never, I never found an appreciation for her, I should say. Maybe that's the best way of saying it. <laughs> um, Patty Smith, um, the album is Horses, um, and this is the last one I'll do on this. Um, the song I'm going to be playing is Redondo Beach. Um, poetic, poet, punk icon, and author Patty Smith released Horses during the heyday of the New York punk venue cbgb that's the documentary of that place cbgb um where she regularly performed among other superstars like the talking heads the ramones blondie 
Smith recorded the semi-punk album with her band comprised of guitarist Lenny Kay, Blondie's um, bassist um, Ivan Kral, drummer um, Jay Lee Daughtry, and the famed electronic studio, um, from the fame Electric Lady Studios, um, with producer John Kale of the Velvet Underground. The album cover Four Horses, which features a black and white photo of Smith, taken by Smith's friend, framed photographer Robert Maplethorpe, has become an iconic image of both the time and New York underground punk scene. So here is Patti Smith with the song Redondo Beach off the album Horses 1975. Thank you, BP. She reminds me of Kate Bush. Chris, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you like 20 minutes ago. I'm thinking in my head, I have not seen him. I hope he's doing okay. I need to reach out to him. Wow. Man, that's a trip, huh? I'm glad to see your face. She's that same vibe, like Kate Bushy. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, no, I understand. I was hoping you were just busy. I'm just glad you're okay. You had some bad weather, so I'm glad that I am, I can see you. <laughs> Thank you, Bam Bam. <laughs> We're going to continue with the rest of this crazy list on next, next Monday because um, I have stuff, you know, uh, Wednesday is going to be Fresh Alternatives. Um, Friday will be the album of whatever we see on Thursday. Um, so we'll continue this on Monday on um, the top 50 uh, albums by um, Stacker. They're good albums. We're just not, we just don't agree in um, the listing category the way that they have them. But this is um, Patti Smith singing Redondo Beach off the album Horses, 1975. It charted 47 in the U.S. and 52 in Canada. All right. So we'll continue that next week. Um, Oh, let's see. <laughs> this won't work. I hope everything, uh, we were in negative temps with snow and freezing rain. Yeah, I I know. I still can't get a hold of my aunt. She's in um, a part of Oregon where she already had phone problems prior to um, the ice storm, but I heard like it knocked out a bunch of power and, and stuff. So I haven't been able to get a hold of her and kind of bothers me you know that because she's out there she's got friends and stuff but she's out there by herself so um i'm gonna leave you guys like i always leave you if i can says poor let's see we'll see <laughs> be the reason someone smiles today let your smile change the world but don't let the world change your smile and if nobody's told you lately 
gosh darn it, you are loved and appreciated. <laughs> and I truly mean that. Have a great day, you guys. Be safe out there. You know, if you're out there, we're safe. Be careful. And everybody, watch your strength. Watch your back. Watch your loved ones. I love you guys. I will see you on Wednesday. I had to think about what day it was. Have a great day. Good to see you, Chris.